This is the Women's Running Coaches Collective podcast, season two, episode seven, part one. Welcome to the Women's Running Coaches Collective, Conversations on Coaching. This is part one of the Patty Catalano Dillon interview. We thank Runnerspace for their support of the mission of the Women's Running Coaches Collective to change the landscape of women in coaching. Interview is by Charlotte Lettuce Richardson. I am so excited to welcome Patty Catalano Dillon here with me today. Um, if you don't know about her, you should. She is was one of the most prolific and successful runners in the mid 70s to 80s uh, in the United States and actually in the world. So Patty was born in 1953 in Quincy, Massachusetts. She was the eldest of nine children. Um, her father was Irish American, uh, I think second generation, and her mother was Micmac, uh, native of Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, her father was an all Navy boxer, and I don't know if that had any effect on, on your competitiveness, but it probably did, <laughs> and your athleticism for sure. Um, like I said, Patty was the oldest of nine children, and she acted as mom to her kids because both her parents worked several jobs. Uh, her father died when she was 18, and she left home fairly early. Uh, she worked as a nurse's aide, but was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, and she spent the evenings drinking beer. Uh, Patty's only 5'4", and she says, I never saw her this way, but she says she was 150 pounds or more at that point in time. 152, a size 14. Okay, 152, a size 14. Um, on March 28th, and I, I'm sure she wrote this down, she, in 1976, she, at the age of 23, decided she needed to make some changes. And so she went out and ran laps in the graveyard near her house, um, and she was living at that time still in Quincy, Massachusetts. Um, and I know, Patty, you've said that you came back and were exhausted and hurt everywhere after doing that. But six months later, Patty Catalano Dillon ran a 2.53 marathon that many of us could only dream of running. Um, and then in 1977, she ran her first 10K against Olympian Lynn Jennings um, and placed second with a time of 34.50. So obviously incredibly talented. In October of 1977, she again ran the Ocean State Marathon and brought her time down to 2.47. In all, she won the Ocean State Marathon five times. She won the Honolulu Marathon four times, placed second at the Boston Marathon three times, 79, 80, and 81. Yeah. Um, and she broke the American record uh, in the marathon twice, first in 1980 in New York City, and then again in April of 1981 at the Boston Marathon with a time of 2.20, you were third, Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Well, well, you will tell me this afterwards, okay? Yeah. At, at 1981 at the Boston Marathon with a time of 227.52. Um, Patty was the second in the world to break 230 in the marathon. Great, the great Greta Weiss was the first. So, Patty, did you, what were you going to say? You had a third American record? Well, if you're going to call it, like, uh, the when I ran Montreal, I did a 230. Okay, that's right. And it was considered a world record because there was a separate staff for women. So it was an gotcha. all women's race. Gotcha. And so it was at a world in American, however. Gotcha. Do, yeah, that was in 80. 
80. I think that's what I, I had read. So, so during her career, Patty's career, she held world records in the 20K, the 30K, the half marathon, the five miles. And was there another distance where you held a world record? Half marathon, 30K. 30K, yeah, I said 30K for sure. Oh, I'm sorry, thir- uh, five okay. miles. Nope, I think that's it. But I broke them several times, you know, right. and then, you know, you break them, you know. You were but continually yeah, no. breaking records, continually, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> she was the first American woman to go under 33 minutes in the 10K, and her PR in the 10K is 3209. In 1980, she was the first woman to go under 50 minutes in the 15K, with <laughs> running a, a time of 4942 at the Cascade runoff. Um, in her peak years, uh, the only woman beating Patty Catalano was Greta Weitz, and probably everybody knows the great Greta Weitz. In the early 80s, under her coach and then husband, Joe Catalano, Patty would run anywhere from 100 to 150 miles a week. Uh, she was an aggressive and competitive athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Patty brought to distance running uh, this passion and excellence. She was all in and all out when she would race. <laughs> <laughs> so her death. mileage in the 70s and 80s, along with the strength work that she did, put her in the top five in the world. Her racing was truly a forerunner and a foreshadowing of today's uh, women's distance running. She trained and raced in her day like the guys. And I remember that, Patty. Seriously, I remember uh, I was so impressed with you. You just, you just were so passionate, oh. and so all in, like I said. Over her career, she had 55 wins, many of them at a national and international level. She was one of the first women to sign a pro contract with Nike, and she also ran for Athletics West. Um, From 1982 on, Patty was plagued, unfortunately, with injuries. Um, But the years that she was running, she was the top of the top. People will describe her as the queen of the U.S. women distance runners. (laughs) Oh I my gosh. <laughs> and, um, you know, she was one of the top uh, American and international roadrunners uh, in her day. Uh, in 2006, she was inducted into the National Distance Running Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, so welcome, Patty. Anything I left out? There is. Uh, so I don't much. know. My mind, I, I'm swirling here. I don't know, but thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very, very welcome. I uh, Thank you. Uh, Patty and I very slightly... Uh, overlapped. Uh, I don't think we ever raced against each other, but maybe in a 1500 meters on the track. <clears throat> with, uh, with we this- did that. We did five milers. Oh, did we, we did cross country. You recruited me after my first That's right. uh, cross uh, first marathon. And I did the New England's <laughs> like two weeks after a marathon. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I did the Franklin Park, New England champs. You won. And, uh, oh, who got second? Was it Lynn Jennings? No, 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 Cindy. Okay, um, not Hastings, I'm trying to think. Dar- no, no, I see your face is clear today. And I got third and you came over to me and I was just like this little thing. And you came over to me and she says, oh, that was okay, Patty. It's okay, you know, she's a really good runner. <laughs> and I was kind of upset because I really wanted to be, I just want to, <laughs> my eye on you and I just couldn't believe I was 
it was my first cross country race. Right, right. <laughs> I never ran cross country. I didn't even know what it was. And so um, I just remember feeling uh, burning, everything burnt, my arms, my chest, <laughs> everything just burnt. <laughs> and I absolutely loved cross country. It was my very, very, very favorite. I did. I, I did too. I liked it. Oh, well, I learned to like it. I only right. did a few races, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. Well, so Patty, um, I would love you to talk a little bit about, um, the influence of you growing up as the oldest of nine and basically taking on the role of mom uh, because your parents were working many jobs and you had that responsibility. Um, how did that impact your life? You know, Did it give you a different perspective on life, on your running, on your success, your career? And then just to follow that up, um, you know, no, let's just talk about that first. So how being the oldest of nine and really in a sense I don't imagine you had much of a childhood in a lot well, of ways. No, it was really different. Um, there was five years between myself and my sister. Gotcha. And they, the kids came boom, 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 boom. 13 months apart, 11 months apart, 15 months apart. It, they just kept coming. Right. So there's 16 years between myself and the youngest. Yes. And how it, how it all started is um, my sister was born in October. I was in kindergarten and, you know, I was just a very capable kid, I thought. And not I thought I, I was a handful for my mother. <laughs> I know that I was a handful. She should have sent and, you out to run around the block. Oh, yeah, I know. Really, really. <laughs> um, I, this one particular day, uh, my parents were sleeping in. And I just got myself, I got the baby, I changed her diaper, I stuck a bottle in her, um, I changed, I got my breakfast, I braided my hair, and I went to school. So my mother, I guess, got woke up and couldn't find me. In a panic. <laughs> no. And next thing, you know, I'm in, I'm in kindergarten, I'm playing, I'm playing over there with Georgie. And my mother and Mrs. Salzman, the teacher was standing there at the door. And my mother was like, oh, panic. And, she, and Mrs. Salzman was an older woman. And she just looked over and she, they looked at me and they called me over Patricia. And my mother was glad that I was safe. And two, uh, was very impressed with me. She was proud of me. And so I picked, of course, I'm a kid. I picked up on that, you know, wow, mom's happy with what I did. <laughs> Goodness. And so it's, that's how it started. I got more responsibility. And as the kids came along, that was, um, I had, I had my sister with me most of the time and I would carry around. She was like a living doll, you know, <laughs> I'm just a kid, but you know, I was only five. Wow. I was only in kindergarten and it started of course i'm a girl and i was pretty happy with with that but as time went on and the kids came on and oh uh, hard. hard it was yeah it, it was hard and then going out with your friends and you have to bring the carriage and you have two or three kids with you nobody's gonna play with you nobody wants anything to do with you uh, my mother gave me a, an hour like on the weekends or something uh, like on, usually on a Sunday, I had an hour or so that I could go and like play. But then again, I didn't know many kids in the neighborhood very well because now I'm working full time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so, you know, at time, I learned to do things in a quick hour. So an hour, that's how the running came in. When I started running, I went, I wanted to run for an hour. Right, right. And um, how that happened was in the, it came around my birthday time. People usually assess their, their being, their life um, in September, going to school or January. January. Yeah, January. I didn't do that. Mine was my birthday. So here you are, um, a lot of responsibility. Uh, I have a couple of friends oh. who were in the same situation as you. And in fact, unlike you, they decided not to have kids because it was, they had been taking care of kids their whole lives, oh, you know? Yeah, Jenny and I were talking, I fought tooth and nail to have kids. <laughs> I know, well, and, and you're such a good mother. And I, oh, I think- well, thank that, you. Yeah, well, well, you really don't I, find out. Yeah, I, I'm, I hope I am. I hope I was. Um, we homeschooled and I had a running club for them and we did a whole bunch of things and it was good. It was nice. I was happy about it. I think they were. I think they are. We're still close. <laughs> it must have been so easy just to have two, Patty, not a set eight behind you, you know, that you had to take care of. Oh, well, that's true. But, you know, I was blessed with two. I had many miscarriages. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. So it's yeah. like, but I have two. But anyways, yes, we're blessed with two and, you know, life goes on and we just... We did a lot of traveling and I raised them. I'm glad we had the running club because the running world, I'm, I was so enthralled with the running world, with the friendliness, the camaraderie, the accepting, the, um, if you had a bad day or a bad race, somebody would like Charlie Ratty or somebody would say, or Bob Reagan, or even Billy would say, but you got your run in. I want to talk about how you started running. So, um, oh, so yeah. what were your early running days like? I mean, well, what did it give you? How did it change you? So you can talk a little bit about. Oh yeah, it changed yeah. me big time. Right. So um, talk from the beginning. I know I talked about you starting to run around the graveyard. Tell me about that first day. What that was like. Well, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to feel good, and I didn't know how to do it. And I wanted to be good to myself. And I did make a clock. I got a piece of paper and I made a clock and it was uh, be nice to Patty campaign. I love it. And I had all this hours, this 24 hours in a day. I worked at a hospital, which you give. I had pay, I worked and you give, give to people. Right. And right. I gave so much to my, my family. And I thought in my boyfriend, I was engaged at the time. And I thought, where do I fit in? <laughs> you know, I, what do I do? What do I get out of this? I, I'm really, that's what I'm thinking. No, and it so, makes sense. And yeah. I, I said, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and I wrote down um, my work time, how long it takes to get there, how long it takes to get ready, how long it takes me to get home, da, 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 da. And it turned out to be like 10, maybe 11 hours a day. And then I sleep. Yeah. And what else do I do? And I said, you know, and I really started saying, I thought I'm not happy. This is not working for me. And I wanted to be happy again and not the superficial happy because you can no, no. be happy. It's not like that. It wasn't like, Oh, I want to be happy. No, I, I was dissatisfied. I can't even think of the depth of it. I was dissatisfied. I was angry <laughs> um you know I just I was wanting to burst out 
And I looked at myself and I was heavy. I was fat. And I didn't like the size I was. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like my life. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. And the first thing I wanted to do was lose weight. I mean, I had Pepsi and Cheetos and, you know, Twinkies. That was my life. And I thought, oh, I didn't want to give that up. I like that. I like laying in my bed and watching TV with my Cheetos and my Pepsi. <laughs> I mean, I like that. So when I made the, the, the clock, I started just walking to work and on the way to walking to work to be nice to Patty campaign, I went by Baskin Robbins and I got baseball nut ice cream. While I was eating the ice cream one day, I went by a bookstore and in the window was um, a book called aerobics. And I didn't know what aerobics was. And it had a doctor on it with the white coat, the stethoscope. For some reason, Charlotte, I mean, at the time I wasn't a book reader, it caught my eye. So I finished my ice cream and I walked in and I went over and I picked it up and I just started thumbing through it. And I don't know why, this is so crazy. His name was Dr. Ken Cooper. And what? in it, it had um, a thing called, I was looking for calories and how to lose weight. Like, how do I do this? And it was a chapter on jogging. And I thought, jogging? I don't know what this is, but oh, look, 700 calories in an hour. Oh, okay. And it turned out that jogging is really running. And I couldn't understand why do they just say running? Running. What well, was the jogging craze at that point? Oh, yeah. So I read the chapter in the store because I wasn't going to buy it. And I, I read the chapter and it said to wear your most comfortable pair of shoes. And mine were knockoff Tom McCann earth shoes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it said to wear your mo more comfortable clothes. And mine were Daisy Dukes. Remember? You cut off jeans and you make the long fringe. You take the, right. the pin and you peel it off. Well, I had those and they're, you know, dungarees. I had like a foot fringe and I wore, because my father, when he was getting in shape periodically, he would wear um, a neoprene belt right. and he'd wear sweatshirt, sweatshirt, sweatshirt. And this was the champion sweatshirts. Remember long ago, they were like the heavy, thick the heavy duty and you put them yeah. on. Well, I went down to my, my house, my mother's house, and I got my father's <laughs> old neoprene belt. So I had that on with a thermal shirt. So I put that on over the thermal shirt and I put on two champion sweatshirts. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining what you look like. I'm just imagining it right now. Oh, so, you know, and I, of course I wore my hair long. I didn't, you know, right. and so I just rode my bike to the cemetery, change it up. And I ran around, it's like a mile around. I didn't know at the time. And I ran, I wanted to get back to a time when I was happy, when I was the happiest was when I was playing as a kid. Right. And that's what I wanted to recreate. So I did a bike first. I got whacked in the butt by a guy going by in a car. I flew over the handlebars. That killed that. I did swimming because I was a swimmer and at, at one time. And I went to the Y at six o'clock in the morning for adult swim. I went, uh, it was only like two weeks into it and the doors were locked because the lifeguard didn't show up. So here I am, I can't, do, uh, I don't want to rely on anybody, nothing. 
So that's where the book came in and with the jogging. And I thought, hey, I don't have to rely on anybody. I can just put on a pair of shoes and go. <laughs> Your Achilles tendons after you ran in earth shoes. Now, if anybody doesn't know what earth shoes were, they were uh, a lowered heel. This whole idea of, yeah. uh, I don't know what the idea was. I don't know, but they were wicked comfortable and they had a wide toolbox. Yes, yes. So I did all of my training. I only got a pair of racing. I only got a pair of SL76s, um, Adidas shoes for my marathon and I bought them too small. So I got badly blistered. <laughs> I should have just stuck with my earth shoes. <laughs> and in any case, though, I'm running along and a cop car came up. I could feel something come and I looked over and it was a cop car and he's driving. He slows down, window goes down. I kind of stop and I look at him and he says, uh, hey, what you doing? <laughs> and I just looked at him and I stopped and I look at him and I said, I'm um, um, jogging. So Charlotte, he, he looks at me, he sizes me up and down and he says, with his chin, he goes, okay. And he drives off, but he broke the spell. <laughs> I was in a spell. <laughs> so I was so, you know, I thought he was gonna arrest me or something or I did something, you know? And I thought, oh my gosh. So I went back on my bike and I went to the Y and to get to clean up and, oh. I don't know, you know how after you run, um, a few minutes later, you just yes. you get sweaty? Yeah. Well, that's what happened to me. And I thought I was gonna, I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> so I really did because it was like, oh, I was soaked. So I went into the locker room. I was the only one in there, thankfully. And I just started peeling off my stuff and just the going everywhere. Oh, but I weighed myself. So there I am standing there naked <laughs> in the gym and they have one of the old, um, the scale, the scale. And I'm standing there going, boom, 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 boom. and I lost three pounds. I oh, was in heaven. I really, really, I had no idea. I had no idea that it was water. Like right. I went into the shower and as Charlotte, as soon as that water hit my head, It was the best feeling I ever had. You, I thought this is it. Oh my gosh, whatever it takes to have this feeling, I'm doing it. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. didn't cry, I wept. Oh, and yeah. I am not a weepy crying person, <laughs> at least at the time. I mean, I wouldn't even go near anything that would bring up that kind of emotion. I would just be denied, 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 denied. And you, I was so enthralled and wanted this and I would, nobody could give it to me. And that's what I knew. Nobody gave it to me. So therefore nobody could take it away. And I wanted it, but that started it. And a short time later, I fell into a group of guys like you, marathoner, marathoners. They just did the Boston marathon, never heard the Boston marathon. I uh, didn't know what a marathon was. Um, I listened to their stories and I just enjoyed their, um, they didn't really kid. They were kind of on the serious side, right, right. but their their bond, their the camaraderie, the togetherness. And it's, I, I was at the back and I thought, you know, 
and these are guys and I've had problem with guys and I thought these, uh, you know, they're going to kill me. <laughs> Somebody's going to do something to me. And it was just nice. They were good guys. They were nice guys and they were runners. They did this jogging thing and they took it seriously. <laughs> you ran and if you showed them that you could keep up with them. Oh, and all, didn't so you get respect? It was, wasn't it great? I yeah. loved it. You get like, way to go. Yeah. A simple thing. Or you get this. Yeah. The yeah. nod. Your and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm over the moon. Yeah. You know, it was just like, and it was like a, a knowingness that was going back and forth. And it was just so nice. And, you know, I got a lot of harassment in races early on. And I was a little bit earlier than really? you. Yeah. You were about two but years. 70. I started running in 71. Men on the street saying things like you have extra chromosomes or you're, you know, like indicating that I was male in some way, or I was masculine. Oh, Charlotte, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't know you started in 71. Yep. No. Oh, wow. That, that explains a lot. Okay. I would love you to describe what it was like to be a woman runner in the mid to late seventies and early eighties you know, kind of paint us a picture a little bit of the running culture that you found. So like me, I had never experienced, you know, the running culture, you know, going to the road races. What was it like in those early days, in a sense, when you had found out about it? It was great. Yeah. I loved it. And yeah. that's why I did so many of them. Yes. <laughs> I would run on a on a Saturday and you know, you finish the race and you overhear that there's a race, people are going to another race Sunday and you're like, can I, you take along and- I do Saturday, Sundays, of course. Yeah, we did, yeah, we did Saturday, Sunday. And especially if there was an evening race, I mean, you could get a triple in. Yes. It was just amazing. And it's like a, um, at the time it was like a party. It was like, a, I don't know. It was, it was wonderful. I loved it. And you didn't have to say words and you just, I re just remember, you know, finishing. And for me to receive attention like that, it was offsetting to me. It was unnerving for me. Um, I'm, I'm still finding out within my, like, I want to say now I know the word fascia. It was like my fascia, <laughs> I'm spreading it out so I can move my muscle, which meant my emotional, mental muscle, right. I, which I've always suppressed. Right. Um, and now I'm moving and people are talking to me, um, liked, and they say, hey, there she is. Hey, Patty, come on over here. And we're like, oh, wow. And you, you, know, you stand there and you go, hi. And they say, yeah, she did well today. What'd you do? Oh, I think I did. Um, I think I did 550s. And they go, wow, that's great. <laughs> you know, and you're like, wow, is it great? I don't know. Well, and you're seen. I mean, in a sense, everybody who was in that club, as I call it, of these yeah. Seems you know, so it was just so heartwarming and I needed that. I, I didn't know I was thirsty for it. I didn't know I wanted that. On the other side of things, I was so lonely, even though I was engaged, I was lonely. I was dissatisfied. I was a kind of like, is that all there is? Is that all there is for me? And the person I was engaged to, we were, we were, we got disengaged and I spoke up 
that's why I have Patty Speaks on my Instagram. That's my name, my doing business as Patty Speaks. Um, my Indian name, my mother gave me was um, Still Mouth. Really? I would never say anything for fear. <laughs> I'd get smacked. <laughs> or being judged. <laughs> No, really, my mother had a quick backhand. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, you know, I learned not to be flip or sassy very early. So, you know, so I learned, you know, not to not to say anything, to, to be quiet. So when I started getting attention, when I started, people were interested, like, um, especially with running, they wanted to know, what's your name? How do you spell that? Um and then you see your name in the race results and then you start getting your own uh, sentence and then it's two sentences and then you see a paragraph and then you see, oh my gosh, I got a headline. <gasps> I'm in the Globe. Oh my gosh, I'm in the Boston Herald. And it's like, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's unnerving. And so aside from that, when I was growing, moving into it and I realized that it's okay. They're not going to hit me. <laughs> I'm not going to get smacked. Um, it's okay. I'm all right. And so it was like a slow, I could come out and I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. Um, I had a good relationship with um, Jocko Conley, Steve Harris, Joe Concanon, Barbara Hebner, all the writers, you know, Bob LaBelle, John Dennis, you know, on the TV, you know, which was like, hey, John, you know, it was just frustrated. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. And I could banter back and forth. And it got me uh, season tickets from Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the Celtics game. And I would banter with Larry Bird during the game or Rick Roby. And I said, make sure you hit that ball. Get that in that basket. <laughs> and one time he just stopped bouncing the ball and he looked at me, put the ball on his hip and he said, what did you say? <laughs> and I said, get it in. <laughs> just get it in. I was like, oh my gosh. So it was... um. That part, the celebratory, it, it has its own stress. But on one side, it really, I, the running really brought me out. Um, I learned all the work ethic uh, from my parents. Yes. They're workers. My mother's a worker, uh, meaning that they just didn't have um, low paying jobs or anything like that. They, they worked. My mother was a caterer. She worked for a catering company and she, I, I, I would help her. She, she was just, she was a knitter. She was a seamstress. She, they just worked. Um, and they so I, and if I had chores in the house, I had to wash the floors, clean the house, take care of the kids. And if you couldn't work and talk at the same time, you don't talk. That joy that you brought, I think says to me that you were being allowed to have a childhood in a way, you know, I mean, running yeah. is play in a sense. It, it was, it was hard as a child for you to have to be the second mom. And it was hard for you not to be able to do the things that a lot of kids do, the playing that we do, you know, that well, we play, well I found it in the running though. You did. That's what I, I was found doing. it in the running. Oh yeah. It was, I found it in the running and it was good and it was organized kind of. And I learned that if, um, if I didn't, this is what I, this is, I train on this. I train my athletes on this to, um, 
I believe in do-overs. And if you didn't have a good run, all right, well, go run again. <laughs> good. Yeah. Do-overs. Yeah, because I want them to find the spot. Sometimes I would not have a good run and it would be something would be off and I didn't hit my the point that I wanted to to feel good. And so I would think about it and I would settle on, oh, I know why. <laughs> I'd get my shoes back on and I'd go out and do it again. And I'm like, ah, you have to learn not to run for anybody else, even though you may have a coach. I, I say to my kids when I coach, um, I always say, okay, you know, if they didn't feel they had a good race, I say, okay, go out for your cool down, come back. And I want you to tell me what things you did right today. You know, it, we're such an, a judgmental right. Coach. I know. See, I would make a mistake and I would know my mistake and I would go into a race the next day. Like I did the legs mini and I had a horrible race, horrible. And I, I remember going home and I was seething. I got in another race the next day and it was good for me in that I ran the same time and I won. The winning really didn't help of course it did a little, but not so much that it was that I ran the same time tired and without stress, but you know, this is all, I learned this. This is nobody telling me I had to learn how to right. calm down. And I became very goal oriented and I had a list of things to do right. and it kept my mind occupied. It kept me, if you can't work it and talk at the same time. So I took that to another level. If you can't run and think about anything else, <laughs> you don't think about anything else. You think about what's right here in front of you. I can't think about Charlotte up there ahead of me because I'm here. I'm miserable. <laughs> so well, I have to live in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, you got to kind of do what you do and to concentrate. Well, I didn't think it was concentrating, but just think about one step at a time, Right. one step at a time, pick it up, put it down, pick it up. And then before you know it, you're doing two steps, three steps and you forget about it and you're on your way. I mean, I seriously, I think I tell my kids that so often, you know, because you're not having a good race for the first couple of miles, doesn't mean you can't pull it together, you know, oh, and just right, focus right, right. And go for it. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of things. So you talk a little bit about um, being, uh, not being a part of sort of that club of women runners during um, these early days. Yeah. Sorry, I was not as friendly. I really am. I don't, I don't think you and I were racing as much during that one time, but you know, it, it oh, you were always very supportive, Charlotte. Well, Even you. on the track, uh, the track race at BU, when you said, excuse me, please. <laughs> excuse me, Patty, I need to go buy you. <laughs> I gave you an elbow or something. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> that was hilarious. I love that. Um, and then across country, you were really helpful. You were very sweet with me. I think you realized that, you know, I was just dumbfounded I just didn't know anything you know and I didn't go to college right well this is I was gonna so, say so was that do you feel that was part of it or do you think that just yes because they had another language I didn't have didn't understand. Um, they raced against each other and this one particular race <clears throat> it was a road race and a couple of them were there at the road race and I was like oh, okay so I went over and conversation kind of stopped and I 
they just went like this. I could sit down. So I sat and I thought, oh, as soon as I sat, I shouldn't have. But anyways, I did. And I just, you know, got some toast, got some tea and I'm, you know, dunking my toast and they're talking and I'm listening and they're deciding whether or not they're going to tie. Ooh. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, they're talking races and what they just went through and and so then they look at me and they go, what do you think? And I said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess, you know, I just, but I left and I went to my room and I was furious. I would be <laughs> furious. Furious. Well, nobody tied. <laughs> nobody tied and I got third. <laughs> it was okay <laughs> but you know that was that was the only thing and then the, there was a couple of little other things and um i i was learning the ropes and they already had been running four or five years or maybe longer because they are out of college now or looking to graduate and they were on scholarship so now that I know they they had to run in high school to get a, a scholarship right. so they've been running a long time and I've only been running a year and a half two years right. Right. <laughs> and so not that has anything to do with it I was looking at my learning curve without knowing it's a learning curve I was trying right. to teach myself as quickly as I could to how to win and right. how to do this how, what do they do and because I shot off all the time had to take the lead I was dying <laughs> and I overheard somebody say as as I passed they said oh let her go she'll come back oh <gasps> I was horrified <laughs> I yet again I got third and I thought okay okay I got this now <laughs> so I started doing push-ups and sit-ups and leg raises and body work strengths pull-ups I just started you know at that time on TV was Jack LeGlain. Remember him? Oh, yeah. I started watching him. <laughs> and I started doing his stuff. <laughs> well, and that's so today. I mean, I think we, and I, I was that group that just literally put your running shoes on, opened the front door and went. Didn't stretch, didn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't really stretch either, but I did Jack LeGlain. So that was but, good. You figured that out. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you, you sort of have this, innate ability to teach yourself what has to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like you figured it out, you figured out. Oh, well, you have to, if, well, this is before Google and everything, but you had to, I didn't know who to ask. Yeah. And it went back down to what did I want? And I thought, I didn't like the feeling of getting third. <laughs> I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. And I, I raced and finished second and I felt good about it because it was the best I could do. Right. So if I got third, it didn't matter. It's third, I made mistakes. Right. And I would blow up. I would be in, if it was a 10K race, like a championship, which it was, um, <clears throat> I was in debt. I didn't know the word oxygen debt. debt. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I just knew my chest was on fire at two and a half miles. Right. <laughs> And, I'm like, and, I, and I was over breathing to try to get air in, which was making it worse. Right. And so the only way for this, the pain to go away was to slow down. 
And then by the time I slowed down and it went away and I geared up again, the race is over. So I had to figure out, and now the word is threshold. <laughs> I didn't know. Had to figure threshold. out. So I had to figure out. Yeah, I had to figure out how what I could handle without having a burning chest, <gasps> like this, and this would set me off to a panic. And this happened to, to in a race twice. And the first time it was shocking to me. The second time I didn't catch it in time, so I had to like let it ride out. But it never happened to me again because I became very good at where my level was. Right now my there. level, my level, um, I had to look good too. You could, I didn't want anybody. I said this to the other, um, I was talking to somebody and we're talking about abuse and all the stuff. And I said, um, when you're hit, somebody who hits you, um there's a reaction that they're looking for right. now if you know this person there's one of two there's several that you either give them a look back and you fight you give them a look that you're going to fight back mm -hmm. and you could probably get another smack or you don't do anything and you look apprehensive you want. may get it you may get smacked again because it's bringing them joy that you're in this spot they have you there so i learned very early on do not give anything away, no. nothing. So I related that to my running. I didn't want anybody to know that I was working my butt off. That you were hurt? <laughs> yeah. I, I was hurt. No, 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 no. So I did like a thousand sit-ups a day. I did leg raises a thousand a day. And then I did push-ups. I did 500 a day. And I was just making myself, not, not that it was strong physically, but it was more hair in my head that if I was to do a hundred sit-ups, leg raises and hold it for a minute, hold my legs out, <laughs> I was a nut. Um, and it would start to burn. I would say, okay, hold. And I would just say to myself, hold, 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 hold until I couldn't anymore. And then I'd be, oh, and I do it right again. And I try to go longer. And I always, hopefully, I always wanted good form. I all because I never wanted anybody to know I was working my my and it hurt. Sometimes I could feel the <clears throat> bile coming up. And I would have to go. <sighs> and but what happened though, what I learned, or I taught myself when I reached that point. And I reached that point a lot. It was like, okay, I don't have to try any harder than this. I'm gonna stay right here. <laughs> and there's a, there's a place that you can get to and you almost go into a zone. I mean, you're using that. Well, yeah, you do, you do, but you have to stay alert. And it's like, a, you have you to see everything. You have to feel everything. You have to be so aware, but you're right here. And it's always on the edge, right? always and on the edge. You gotta flirt with the edge. That's oh yeah and then you have to commit this is another thing that i had to learn the commitment uh, you commit to a pace that you think or feel that you can carry to the finish yes so you're always nudging always nudging always nudging never being settled like uh they call it falling asleep <laughs> right right 
right. You can fall yep. asleep in a marathon. People do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can fall asleep in a 1500 meter race. I've, you oh, know, yeah, I you can fall asleep. It. Yeah. You just, you go into that. Well, Patty, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So I'm going <laughs> to move on. So um, I would love to come back a little bit to the abuse part, but let's move forward about a coach. So I know that you had these guys that you were running with at the yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were really your cheerleaders, you know, but they weren't coaches per se. So tell me about your first coach. And he eventually became your husband. Oh, yes, he did. Okay. Um, How he became my coach is is pretty interesting. Um, Okay. I did have coach. I did have a coach before Joe and uh, (laughs) I didn't drive a car. So I had a bummer ride to the track to where it was. And the coach looked at me and said, you just go do 10 miles. <laughs> Who was this? Who was this coach? Babington. Oh, it's John. <laughs> I didn't know that. John Babington. Babington. John Babington. He really didn't know what to do with me. I was older. I was almost 24. Right. You right. know, and he's dealing with teenagers and I'm a woman. I have, I have a job. I have my own apartment. Y- you know, it was just different. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, when I ran um, the Bonnie Bell at the championships with Lynn, and I was I was a I was a member of of Liberty. He wouldn't give me a shirt. I didn't get a shirt because um, he didn't think I'd be fast enough. Oh my god! So I didn't get a Liberty shirt, <laughs> but I got second. Me and Lynn duking yeah. it out. I know. So um, I, I didn't run for Liberty anymore. And then after that. Uh, I was still on the hunt for a coach. And I asked Joe before badminton became my, before I was at Liberty and he said, no. And I was like, okay, no big deal. I'm just coaching in Quincy Quincy high school. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. North Quincy high. And I thought, okay, that's fine with me. I don't care. Um, So I told the, the group I was running with, I said, no, he said, no. And I was okay with it. And, but they were telling me because I was keeping up with them now, I was doing 10 miles in the Blue Hills and uh, just little things. And I was already a 243 marathon runner. And they said, you know, you should really get a coach. And I'm thinking, why? I'm, I like what I'm doing. doing fine. <laughs> yeah, I was doing fine. And besides, you know, there's a thing there too, Charlotte. There's, um, as you know, as a coach, there's a trust thing that goes back and forth and I I don't know about you I really don't like being told what to do (laughs) I really don't like you can you may suggest Mm -hmm. or you may give me a a leaning towards and make me have me think I'll go oh yeah that's a good idea but to tell me what to do didn't fly well with me so Mm -hmm. I had that going on too and he said no again. And I said, okay. So and I heard about Joe this Bill Kenilano. Squires. This yeah, Joe, Joe so Yeah, Joe Canalano. Yeah. Okay, Joe Kenilano. So um, we were talking one time and he said, I, no, I don't, I don't coach. And I said, okay. For some reason, I went to the BC track. We went to the BC track and I had heard of Squires. Phil Squires, I love that man. And he said, um, that's why we're going to the track to meet Bill. Okay. To Bill Squires. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to ask him if he'd coach me. 
So this was the day, the famous day where uh, Squires ran around the track with a stogie. <laughs> he had on his, his uh, ring overcoat, you know, thing and a hat and he had on his stogie and he did some crazy time something. And so when he was done, I saw him, he was leaning on the, on the fence there. And I went over and I said, hi. And he says, hi. And I said, um, my name's Patty. And he goes, I know who you are. You're the one that runs all those road races. <laughs> and I said, uh-huh. And so I just looked right at him and I said, um, I just want to ask, um, would you coach me? And he looked Charlotte dead at me. Nope, I don't coach anybody with berries. <laughs> anybody with what? Berries. What are berries? Boobs. Oh my gosh. I didn't know. What that <laughs> You're kidding me. So he said, No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I am not Say kidding you. Oh, I've told him. I, oh, he knows this story. I told okay. him. Yeah. No, no, we're square. We're square. I mean, I, I lived with him to train for three months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, I love this man. He, he's he's a, a nice great guy. man. He's, he's a great, great man. man. I, yeah. yeah. So um, Joe and I walked away and I, I, I went like this to Joe and I said, you, you, you were coached by him, right? And he said, yeah, UMass. And I said, okay, you know what he does? And he said, yeah. I said, then you do it. So that's how Joe and I became coach and athlete. I said, you do it. You do so it. then I started and nobody knew Charlotte how to treat a female. So I, my event was the marathon. I concentrated on that and with running road races because I didn't like doing track workouts. So I would get in a road race. I said, just give me the workout. I'll do it over there. It's easier. <laughs> and besides I win. <laughs> I mean, you know, not that I was being cocky, but it, it gave me a good feeling. Yeah. So, um, that's how it started. And I grew, I was growing leaps and bounds. Um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I wanted more, I was seeing things. Um, I was tasting, I was getting a taste of stuff. And I thought, you know, and I would ask questions of why I had to do a workout, what's the purpose. And Sometimes I, mostly I got, just do it, just mm -hmm. do it, just do it. This is with Joe, this is with yeah. Joe. And I would do it. And then we became husband and wife. And you know, that's in its, itself and it's a whole, I should never have, but you know, you do, we did. Listen to part two of this interview right here on Runner Space. Hear the dramatic conclusion of Patty's story her 1981 second place American record finish at the Boston Marathon, where she was hit by the backside of a police horse and saw her win slip away as Allison Rowe passed her in Cleveland Circle. Original music is by Hank Richardson, TV Babe. <laughs>